Hello and welcome to the Nature Connection Science, Wildlife, and Environment Radio with your hosts Lisa and Nancy. Southern California, there's 19 million people, one out of every two Californians, one in every 16 Americans, and our mission is to provide water to them. We have an incredible plumbing system. It's really a remarkable engineering feat. You have to admire it. We just take too much fresh water out of the ecosystem to support the native species and the estuary. We've simply taken more water out of the ecosystem than any ecosystem anywhere has been able to survive. If you have salt intrusion there, you're screwing up sources of drinking water. It's not suitable to drink and your dog dies if it goes swimming. We're delivering water that belongs to the California public that we rely on to grow a lot of crops exported out of the country to China, the Middle East, etc. Maybe San Francisco shouldn't exist where it is because it doesn't have adequate water to support its needs. Maybe Los Angeles shouldn't exist. That's ignoring the reality. And so they have to keep trying to get additional water through any means necessary. Same issues have been fought over for generations, lifetimes. Water is so valuable. We're going to fight for every last drop. My grandfather told me, there may come a day, son, when you'll have to go sit on that pump with a shotgun. It's the same game. Get me water first. The hell with the other people. Human beings have so dramatically shaped nature that we're now having to think about how we exist within nature if we want to exist at all. The good news is there are many solutions for what we need to be doing. We have the money, we have the institutions, we have the brain power to solve our water problems, and we haven't solved them yet. But if we can't solve them here, it's going to be difficult to think about how we're going to solve water challenges around the world. California's water issues are what we're seeing around the planet. As population keeps growing, there will not be enough water at some point in the future. If you think it's hard now, imagine a world 15, 20 years from now with climate change making it harder and harder. The system is broken. We would like to have rivers with some fish in them in the future. We may not have rivers, and we may not have fish. So do you want to do something? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Nature Connection Show with Nancy and Lisa. Today, we're very excited to welcome filmmaker Jacob Morrison. Uh, You know what? He just has had his directorial debut called River's End, and it explores the global water crisis and really focuses on California. And if California can fix the water, Probably the rest of the world could do it. It's out now through Giant Pictures. You can go to riversendfilm.com. And very excited to welcome here. Welcome, Jacob. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be on the show. And it was an honor to watch your directorial debut. Oh, that's so a, that's a tongue pull there. But, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, you, you tackled the water crisis. Yeah. And especially in California, because this has been going like from, you know, it was very interesting. Nancy, um, you know, we're both from Mm -hmm. Southern California, lived out of the country for many years, but she remembers the Jerry Brown days. And and I'm going, oh, "Oh my God, God. this is way back. This goes back to, (laughs) sorry, Nancy, goes back. I know, whatever, I'm older. Yeah, way back when then, like over, this has been going like 50 to 70 years. almost. It's been a problem for a long time. Sure, sure. So you remember the original Jerry Brown days? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, he was just going out when the secondary Jerry, dude, can I call him that? The secondary <laughs> okay. Jerry Brown 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting um, that you would tackle water. And I know you've done some reporting and some uh, film work for Vice, so they they always do some really good investigative reporting. But like, why would you tap into the water as your first thing yeah. and get all those people on on your on your documentary? Right. Yeah. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Um, good job. Yeah. Well, this the film. Um, it, it wasn't always such a big project. I started working on what I thought was going to be a short film about the drought when I was at USC film school in 2015. So okay. that was during the height of sort of the last drought. Jerry Brown was governor at that time. Um, there was mandatory water restrictions um, and it was just a really hot topic, but I didn't know anything about water really. I didn't know where my water came from. I didn't have a connection to it. I don't really know where my food came from. I was just fascinated by the idea that we were in a drought and um, wanted to learn more and wanted to help in some way. And I thought maybe I could do some kind of a short film about, you know, like a portrait of a, of a farmer somewhere and how are they dealing with the drought. And it wasn't until hmm. I interviewed a guy named John Herrick, who is the attorney for the South Delta. Mm-hmm. He represents mostly smaller farms and some small yeah. farms in the Delta area um, and was telling me about you know, how two thirds of Californians get water from the Delta, this, this one re, uh, body of water, um, how it's a very important ecosystem uh, and estuary in California, um, you know, salmon uh, in the state, you know, come in and leave through the Delta and are taking water from the Delta is having a huge impact on the farmers there uh, as the water is being sent mainly to like big agricultural corporations um, in the Central Valley, south of the Delta, um, uh, and then also to cities like Los Angeles and San Diego. And so, you know, I was just fascinated about kind of the scope of this story. He was talking about this plan to, at the time, build two giant tunnels to take water right. from the Delta and what, you know, that could do. A lot of people felt like they would just suck all the water out of the Delta and destroy that that place. And so, I just realized that there was a story here that needed to be told, but it would have to be a feature film and naively thinking, yeah, I could do that in like a year. But you did, but maybe not in a year, but you did it. Not in a year. I mean, now it's 2015, now it's 2021. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously so, so glad I did it. And it was an amazing Mm -hmm. journey and and, I'm very proud of the film, but. You should be, um, you you know, Nancy and I've traveled, we travel mm. full time documenting parks and public lands and um, all the areas you went to, we've been to, and uh, mm. even just very recently, Owens Valley, all of those areas. And even last or this year, this spring, we were up in the central California area and we've driven through the small farm areas like near Lodi and uh, outside Stockton. We've yeah. been we've been on a boat through the Stockton Delta and I'm like, oh, wow, this is the Delta. And then at the flip side, you were talking about at the very beginning of the of the film talked about, you know, more like the East is getting more rain than they've ever had versus mm-hmm. what's happening in the West. And right now we're in the East. We've just been through Florida where they're flooding. So a lot of the parks you want to go mm-hmm. to for the rivers to try and see if you can see manatees and whatever are flooded. And so they're getting all this dark brown, black water mm-hmm. that um, they do get one on occasion but it is raining more and more and more and we've been through the rain <laughs> trust me so we've had this complete opposite 
ends and as soon as you know it started your documentary started and we watched it and we're like oh my god this is exactly what we have personally experienced just in this one mm-hmm. year and also going through you know when I said we were in the central California this spring we went in some areas that are completely dry there are mm-hmm. wetlands that are bone dry it's actually not mm-hmm. just California we did it in uh, northern New Mexico mm-hmm. we were in uh, northwest Texas Texas, same thing yeah. these wetlands that are known for and we were in spring when all the wild birds and all the oh. wild fa- uh, waterfowl are coming oh. through it's bone dry and we watched dust dry. devils like the dust bowl happening mm-hmm. and we're like what are we going to do okay so they got more water but california did not and yet mm-hmm. water's being sucked out we we mm-hmm. were lived in 29 palms out in the desert and outside mm-hmm. joshua tree national park and people wanted to suck the water out of that area to yeah, California. Cadiz. So we're, we're very Cadiz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Water issue has been crazy. So I just, I really appreciate you going in there and doing it because there's big people at play. So when you started, did it become like mm-hmm. a spider web of digging through, Oh, this is connected to this and that's connected to that. And mm-hmm. can I get them to talk? It's so true. I mean, uh, yeah, there's so much to say about what, what you just said, but you know, yeah, I know. It, sorry, I just gave you everything in one big shot. No, it's I'm just passionate about this topic. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I I love that. I mean, you know, it's it's bizarre because water is so ubiquitous. Obviously, we all rely on I, water all the time, but very few people know where the water comes from. Very few people think about it and and know mm-hmm. the story. So it's so nice to talk to people who've been in the Delta and been to Lodi and all these places. And um, because I feel like I'm the only person in Southern California who's ever been there. Um, which is of course not true, but it can feel that way. Um, yeah, I think because it's such an important topic, uh, everything can kind of relate to water. And so you do find yourself going down this rabbit hole. I also Mm -hmm. think as you learn more and more, um, you realize there's more and more people you have to talk to. And so that's part of why this was such a journey. Um, you know, yeah, of course. I mean, there, there's just so much to say about that. I mean, you, you know, I'd be interviewing someone um, like like Tom Birmingham, who's the general manager of Westlands Water District, which yeah, represents yeah. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of the corporate farms in in, southern, in the Central Valley. And um, you know, learning that he was involved in this case around Mono Lake, um, uh, representing the city of Los Angeles, um, which is now considered um, a great um, triumph that environmentalists were able to to keep more water at Mono Lake. Um, so yeah, I just, I mean, so much that I wasn't able to keep in the movie, but you start to kind of understand who are the players and what's going on. And I, I felt like I really got that and tried to synthesize that in the film so that you could, re- anyone could watch the film and kind of get a one-on-one big picture of what's going on with California water um, and then take that a- away for the rest of their and start to actually take action and understand yeah. and have it as a navigate, like a, it kind of gives you this starting point of caring, understanding more. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's a big tunnel versus the two tunnels, you know, a giant yeah. tunnel and thinking that, oh, so politically speaking, you'll think, oh, Gavin Newsom's going to be all for the environment and do the right thing. And then you go, <laughs> oh, maybe not. So it gives you that uh, two sides of the coin, which I think is so important. But- there's a third side to the coin in my in my opinion having lived in africa where at some points uh, we had to walk to um, a big steel reservoir 
climb up a ladder and I had to hold Lisa and she's a small child down by her legs with a bucket so she could get water and haul it back up. And I didn't dare put the bucket of water on my head because that's what the African women did and they would take offense. They know how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. and, And I couldn't balance it anyway. So, you know, after all the trouble of taking water from there to where we were living and having to actually physically go get water um here we take it for granted we yeah. really do even if we know there's problems and there's a drought we're like oh that means we can't water our lawn for a month or we can't fill our swimming pool that extra half inch um but having lived in africa where you had to actually go get it yourself and then you had to filter it and hope even then when you drank it, you wouldn't get sick. There's a wide gap here of um, privilege, maybe maybe that's the wrong word, or taking it for granted and not really getting that if you look at the earth, one day uh, we might be on the short end of the stick with water. So maybe you don't want to waste it. Right. Well, I I think... You're right. I mean, most people, at least in Southern California, think, you know, water comes from the tap. Yeah. You turn mm-hmm. it one way and it's hot, one way it's cold, and that's the full story. Um, and obviously that's impossible and not true. But I do think one of the biggest lessons people need to learn is that um, of overall water that's used by humans, only 20% is used by people and urban areas and companies and things like that. And mm-hmm. 80% of all the water that's used by people is used by agriculture. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's also, I think worth knowing that a city like Los Angeles um, has, despite its population been growing for decades, its water use has remained flat for quite a long time. And that's mm-hmm. because we've been better at uh, water reuse and recycling and low flow toilets and that. And, and yeah, and we, we, we're trying, of course, we can work better at it. And I think, you know, everyone has a role to play there. But even if we really step up in the cities and, and try to use less water, it's just not It's enough. the corporate giants versus yeah. the small farmers. You know, that's yeah. the thing. I think when we look at farmers and, and we think all of us, you know, we know, okay, so our food, you know, our peaches from the grocery store, we go, okay, now where did the peach come from? You know, little kids, there's a lot of mm-hmm. little kids, even in that area, trust me, think their peaches come from the store. So yes. that's why we have you pick orchards. It's important. But there, you think of a farm, the immediate thing is family farm, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, you've got maybe, you know, 100, you know, peach trees and maybe some chickens and some cows. Mm-hmm. That is not what's happening. You're talking no. mono, mono, giant, culture. giant, giant 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 corporations behind this and so when the small farmer went that's what i loved what you you did so beautifully here's the small farmer going dude we're gonna be screwed the one one gentleman was sitting there like saying that his grandfather told him he's gonna have to sit on the on his water pipe thing and with a shotgun yeah, you know exactly that's where we're going and yeah. it, to me that's exactly it. it it's how do the small farmers survive when it comes to water there's already the issue of how are small farmers going to survive but how are they going to survive against the lobbyists because those lobbyists have interior 
connections too. That was the other thing that I was like, holy cow, how did that Oh, happen? the revolving door. Yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so true. So we have these giant corporations in California that grow crops, tree crops in the desert. So a place where you probably don't want to plant trees because unlike other crops, trees are going to require water every year, no matter if there's a drought or if there's not a drought, they need the water or you lose your investment. So, um, you know, almonds, walnuts, pistachios, there's over a million acres of almonds in the Central Valley. Um, you know, almond farms in California use more water than I think all of the cities combined. Um, Yeah, really? I mean, it's, it's, Yeah, yeah. it's, it's Wow. an incredible amount of water Wow. that's used um, for these crops. That And, don't stay uh, here. <laughs> and 80% of the almonds grown in California are exported. Uh, we grow the majority of the world's almonds. Um, and so, you know, that means that we have a very small minority of people who are profiting off of this um, and using up a resource. And I think it's important that we touch on that. It's not, I mean, there are, you know, farmers, smaller farmers who are going out of business because their water is being taken to the bigger farmers. But you also, I mean, and of course, this is a generalization. There's always, you know, you know, every region is a little bit different. But you also have um, salmon fishermen in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area who, you know, like as someone says in the film, there used to be 5,000 salmon boats uh, in the San Francisco Bay. And now there's, you know, a couple hundred because there's just that industry is just being wiped out uh, because there's not enough water in the rivers for there to be salmon. Um, and we're seeing salmon nearing extinction, many species of salmon Yeah. in California. Mm So we've -hmm. got, you know, that problem. And then of course that starts kind of an ecosystem collapse. You can't just, you know, have big species go extinct and expect everything to work out. So I think there's just this bigger question of, uh, do we want to have rivers in California? Do we want to have fish in California? Do we want
and mm -hmm. stand up for issues, not necessarily just because this is what my party wants. Yeah. Because people right. are, I think, checking the box. Do people have time in the middle of survival? Depending, like when you think about the mass majority of this country, do they have the time to go through every little thing that is happening? Documentaries like yours, I think, are golden That's and so, so important, important because you've done so they much homework. That, yeah, you've done so much homework to get understanding and you're showing both sides, not just, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're showing the importance. I, I mean, that to me is like, okay, I can make decisions and start looking up for myself and take ownership of a situation that I'm living yeah. in. Yeah. Well, you know, well, it, it, well, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I don't think, um, I, well, let's just say I don't know how far in the future people think like um, it. Okay. There's a water problem, no matter where you live. Um, but am I going to be okay? Are my children going to be okay? And do they go, oh, my grandchildren, well, do they care like 60 to 100 years past their demise? Mm -hmm. Really? And it comes, so sometimes I think that we don't. We're like, okay, my kids are okay. My grandkids are going to be okay. My great-grandkids are okay. Then I'm going to be gone. So then who cares? It's, I wonder if that might be uh, something we never talk about because it's really not nice to talk about. Yeah, thanks. We're going to get the emails now. <laughs> I know. Well, I think there's something to that, right? I mean, that's yeah. sort of what like Greta Thunberg is saying, right? That young people care about climate change, but old people, mm -hmm. uh, it's not their problem, so they're not dealing with it. Um, yeah. Saying more than that, but I think mm -hmm. um, a lot of people feel that. And um, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I also think in this case, it's not even just that there are people who know and mm -hmm. are deciding it's not their problem, but they just don't know at all. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Most people don't know where their water comes from. Most people in California don't know about the Delta. Mm. So right. That's really there, true. You know? yeah. yeah. We've talked about that. Like even the Colorado mm -hmm. River, we spent a lot of time in Yuma, Arizona, oh, watching uh, revitalization and taking out mm -hmm. invasive species and watched wildlife come back like beavers in the lower Colorado oh, River amazing. right before it's, you know, We've done shows mm -hmm. on that and how they uh, they like added water to the Colorado River, like a pulse or something. I can't remember the correct term, but it, I mean, we've physically canoed through the area that mm -hmm. had all the runoff from the agriculture there too. Yuma mm -hmm. is very connected to what's going on in Salinas Valley and, and San mm -hmm. Joaquin and, and the Delta. Mm -hmm. And it is a Delta of Arizona, but you can ki uh, kayak or canoe, same thing you can go through and as soon as you hit where all the invasive species have been taken out and it's mm -hmm. been put back to, well, reforested and revitalized mm -hmm. and restored, all of a sudden it's like a wall of wildlife and bird life. I mean, it's like you entered this mm -hmm. veil, invisible veil of now the, the water is isn't here, brown anymore. but the other side, it's not there. There's fish, there's, I mean, there's everything. Mm. Beaver have come back and yeah. all these wild, uh, you know, birds that they didn't have like 20 years ago are there. I mean, there's over 430 bird species that call Yuma home, migratory or not. Mm -hmm. And when they started doing that revitalization, it was insane to it's really amazing. see it come back. So I don't know, Yuma's weird with their water because they own it. And that's a whole other deal. But mm -hmm. it is connected to LA because of the Colorado River. 
So I, with, you, with what you've done with this film, do you see yourself going out further and doing more water films? Or are you going to go tackle another topic? Or how do you feel after all of this work? I think this film is what I have to say about water. <laughs> um, I, there's a lot in there. Uh, and at least for now, I think uh, I would love for people to see the film. But I think, you know, it's, it focuses on California as a microcosm for what's going on around the world. And I think it's important that people notice that um, it's not so different in other places like, like you talk about and um, how everything's connected. And, uh, you know, climate change is only going to make these issues worse and, and more important. Um, you know, the freshwater issues are just probably one of the big issues of the future. Um, and we're just waking up to that. So I think... Mm -hmm. um, I, I hope people watch it and kind of are able to connect it to their stories because again, water, it's a global problem, but it's a local issue in the sense that everyone's got a different source water and every source water has got its own story, its own people who need that water and animals that need that water. And um, you, you could make a million different movies about water, but um, I think at their core, they're all the same story, you know, which mm -hmm. is um, we need to, leave enough water in our rivers to have a healthy environment and we we need to learn where our water comes from so we care and we we need um you know just to be responsible and um and you know uh, you know the common theme you see in history is one place goes out takes water from another place that place suffers so the other place can grow and that's just something we need to um stop doing and it's also looking at well kind of also what was interesting to me where you went with Owens Valley and everything and there are also areas where we've driven a gazillion times mm -hmm. and Nestle's there so I was always blaming Nestle the whole time because they're wow. sucking up water out there in certain areas so I didn't know every I didn't know got half of what you covered in the in there I didn't yeah. I knew agriculture was a problem but I really I mean we've said it on shows Nestle's out there sucking up all the water so yeah. but they are part of the problem yeah I mean Nestle's <laughs> part of the true. problem and there's a great film about that called Flow for the Love of Water mm. um, that a friend of mine actually produced but uh, you know again I would just try to redirect you to that that statistic you know 80 percent of water in California is used by agriculture wow that's 20 so, yeah. percent is used by everything else so Nestle falls within that everything else category really um, wow. I mean wow. just just take the single crop like alfalfa, uh, which is primarily a cattle feed. Alfalfa uses 10% of the water in the state, which is the same amount of water as all outdoor landscaping in every city combined. This wow. one crop. Okay, That's so, amazing. So there's, you know, um, there's so much waste that, I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, anyone who grows alfalfa is bad. It's just no. the system that we have now where we incentivize it and it makes sense for farmers to do it. Um, and we just need to change that. So, and look, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. There are lots of people who that's their livelihood. Um, you know, I hate to draw the comparison, but it, it just kind of reminds me of like um, people who mine coal and that's- I was going to say coal and, versus solar and oil, right? yeah. Like it sucks. Like it's going to be really challenging to, to, you know, change those communities and have them move towards a different economy. But you can't, just because it's going to, be challenging doesn't mean we can you know make all these species go extinct and you know create further climate change and it's just not worth it we have to we have to nip yeah it. i i absolutely i i i second you on that and i know nancy does mm -hmm. too and it is absolutely. really true um you 
you're, we're not going to have water in California just now. And then mm -hmm. what happens to all the farming at the end of the day? What, you know, all the species, well, no fish. The... And I love that you connected it to the oceans, <laughs> the salmon. So yeah, I, I should say about the oceans, by the way, I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, you're right next to the ocean. Why can't you do desal and fix all your problems? So it's probably <laughs> worth, worth just telling people, I mean, yeah, desal exists, but it's incredibly expensive. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really too expensive. The other thing is if you were to rely on desal to solve our problems, scientists say you would need a desal plant every single mile of the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, across the state. So that's kind of gross. That's, and also there's a, um, there's a real uh, environmental um, uh, issue with desal, which is that, uh, you know, it takes this water, it, it pumps out the fresh water, but then you're left with this brine, which is a toxic waste. And what they do is they put the waste back into the ocean. And that oh. ends up killing the ecosystems and the areas in which there's these desal plants. So, and they haven't, I mean, as far as I'm aware, they still have not figured out a, a solution for that. And so they put it back in the water so that their business can survive by cleaning it again. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just, it's just not a solution. And so um, I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, we don't have to worry about it. We'll just do desal. Um, it's not that easy. We, we really do have to. So we have to really look at how we're doing mass agriculture because it's yeah. also, it's also ruining the topsoil. That's another huge yes. fact is we're, That's actually, another thing. we're ruining mm -hmm. our topsoil, even mass organic farms. We've done some interviews out in central California, actually with, with farmers that are going, even, you know, you think you're buying organic and if they're going mass farming they're they do not have the nutrients you think they may not be doing pesticides, but we're already screwing up the topsoil. We're screwing up the water just by doing this mass. So the mass thing needs to change basically. Yeah, that's a I hard mean, truth. It's a hard truth, but, and it's hard to sell a hard. I truth. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's yeah. a truth. Well, you you did it. I think you were you were doing it spot on earlier, which is um, agriculture in California has sold a public image for a long time, very successfully. That it's these small farms, family farms, and they're out physically on the field and and doing the hard work of making it possible mm -hmm. to eat and have food. And it's just not true anymore. You know, it's grown to a size that's just unsustainable and um you know they've really captured um environment i mean sorry governmental agencies and and politics yeah and that's what's crazy yeah they're all they're all like this i mean it's like when when the dakota access pipeline thing mm -hmm. happened we start we did a show on it and we didn't we 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 were interviewing uh, the native americans that were on you know getting arrested we we didn't expect to do it and no none of the major news outlets were doing anything i think only amy from democracy now was doing it and we were like holy crap what's going down and so we start we mm -hmm. nancy we heard i started calling oil lawyers dumbly mm -hmm. because they're like wait what do you mean and we're going do you see what's going on with the water and they're, they're like water is life and oil going underneath and we were they weren't that thing. friendly <laughs> oh we we got ourselves into a, a little bit of a mess but it is that. And when you start realizing how the banks are connected to the oil, which are, I mean, the, and the mm -hmm. government agencies, even Barack Obama, the president at the time, didn't stand up to do anything for that, which was disappointing for a lot of people and all the indigenous people getting together. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I just the 
the governmental yeah. agencies, who is our interior secretary, who is our in our interior department, you showed yeah. that beautifully. I was like, no way. You know, we've got to look at who is taking office in every single Absolutely. place. You know, we yeah. have to know who it is just because, hey, I've worked for United States, you know, wildlife, fish and game doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. No. <laughs> as I've learned. And I know a lot of park rangers and I love a lot of them, but there's some that are put there as a, as the, the go-between, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. I mean, David Bernhardt, who's in the, in the film, uh, he, I mean, depicted in the film, he's um, someone who uh, was a lobbyist, a registered lobbyist and lawyer for the Westlands Water District. The Westlands Water District represents big corporate farms uh, in California. Not the only place, but it is the biggest Mm. Uh, such place and um you know then he went and worked as secretary of the interior you know um and you see that the same thing with um uh other people i mean uh jason peltier was uh a general uh manager of Westlands Bar district i believe and then he was um uh undersecretary uh of uh, uh department uh and then uh, of, of interior and then he went now works for the wonderful company, which is the largest farm in California, um, uh, which uses the most water. So, I mean, you know, more water than yeah. all the homes in LA. Mm. So, I mean, you just see people at the top of these positions often come from the industries that use those resources and it's just a revolving door. And then it's like, oh, look at their res resume. They know everything about water, you know, or oil or so yeah. this is the and person they, they put in there. It happens with the EPA all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. But, you know, sometimes I think, okay, you know, that's just saying, well, the cats away, the mice will play. And um, I think we, we've got things back to front here. Um, the mass people should realize that they're the people that are and should be, if they exercise their power, are empowered to make a change and not just leave it all to elected people with good seats. Yeah. 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 Wow. So everyone, Rivers End is the website or the film. You want to go see the documentary. And yeah. I want to tell everybody it's out now on video on demand in the US, Canada, and England. Okay. So November 2nd is the release mm -hmm. date. You can watch it on Apple TV, iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, because we want to say Voodoo. Uh, also on cable, in-demand TVOD, uh, which is Comcast, Spectrum, Cox, DirecTV, AT&T, and more. So uh, the best thing to do is to go to the website, which is riversandfilm.com. I got there, got to my notes there. And I want to thank our sponsor, Margaret Carrera, an amazing fine art nature photographer. Go check out her website, carrerafineartgallery.com for some cool gifts for the holidays. So things like uh, wonderful scarves with flowers on them so you can wrap yourself mm -hmm. in nature. Beautiful. So yeah. again, carrerafineartgallery.com. Thank you, Margaret, for that. And thank you so much for joining us, Jacob. Yeah. We appreciate your work and we can't wait to follow what you do next. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and um, to listeners. I hope you enjoy the film. Yes. And everyone vote. <laughs> vote wherever you can, educated wise. Yeah. Learn where your water comes from. And, exactly. Uh, yeah.